It's time to return to the world of Captain Midnight. Yes, in the last episode, a character in the story fell into an upholstery machine, but he's now fully recovered. So we can continue with the next episode of Captain Midnight. As you may or may not recall, the Captain Midnight series is based on the adventures and exploits of a World War I flying ace, an Army air pilot, Captain Jim Red Albright, a.k.a. Captain Midnight. The series originated from the Chicago radio station WGN in 1938. Now, Captain Midnight experienced a lot of aerial combat action in the skies over Europe during what was then called the Great War. Army air pilot Captain Jim Red Albright earned the name of Captain Midnight after returning back from a high-risk mission to an allied airfield exactly as the clock struck midnight. The general who had sent Albright on the mission called him Captain Midnight. Originally, the series was heard in syndication on a few select Midwestern stations, including WGN in 1938, as I mentioned. The first sponsor was Skelly Oil Company, but the series did not really explode in popularity until 1940, when Ovalkeen became the show's sponsor. That got the series onto the Mutual Radio Network, and it became a nationwide phenomenon. A little backstory here. A true love of aviation by William Skelly, who founded the Skelly Oil Company in 1919, which, by the way, became the world's largest independent oil company, went on to develop the Spartan School of Aeronautics and the Spartan Aircraft Company. So this man was really into the realm of flying. Captain Midnight, played by two different actors, Bill Bushy in the early Skelly programs and Ed Prentice in the Mutual Radio series. Now Captain Midnight, Patsy Donovan, and Major Steele battle Ivan Schock, his daughter Fury, and Gardo in 88 15-minute shows. Great commercials, and of course the Captain Midnight photo premium and airline route map premium were offered to listeners by the Skelly Oil Company. On this track, you will hear two back-to-back episodes from January 5th, 1940, The Parada Treasure, and from January 8th, 1940, Ivan Shark Escapes. By the way, Captain Midnight was renamed on television to Jet Jackson, Flying Commando. The TV series ran from 1954 to 58. There were also a number of serial-type films in 1942, a syndicated newspaper strip, and a comic book series from 1942 to 48. So, listeners, climb into your cockpits, secure your leather helmets, tighten up your safety belts, put on your goggles, give the signal to the engine pusher who will spin the propeller and start the engine. And remember, when guns were first mounted onto the airplanes during World War I, they were positioned to fire off to the sides or above the propeller, which was much better than shooting directly behind the propeller, as they would have, well, shot the propeller off, and the plane does not fly well without the propeller. By 1915, actually, the guns were fixed right in front of the pilot so that he could aim the entire plane in flight at a target. It was a triangular steel plate they attached to the rear of the propeller to deflect any of the bullets that might not pass through the arc of the spinning blades. A short time later, the firing of the gun was synchronized with the revolution of the blades so as to fire only in short bursts at safe intervals. The guns were fixed, and in order to aim the gun, it was necessary to maneuver the aircraft until it was flying in the direction in which the pilot wished to fire. 
This is Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program, and I'm your host, John Lovering, and that is our World War I and biplane aviation and gunfiring lesson for today. Now let's listen to Captain Midnight, and thank you for stopping by. Your visit is much appreciated. Skelly Oil Company presents Captain Midnight. Captain Midnight, brought to you five times each week by the Skelly Oil Company, Skelly Choppers and Dealers. But first, how many of you 1940 Flight Patrol members know the two signals used by airplane pilots in distress? Well, there are two different signals, you know. One is the international code signal, and the other is the one used on the radio telephone. Now, the international code signal of distress is SOS. You know, three dots, three dashes, three dots. But here's one you may not know. When speaking over the radio with the actual voice, a pilot uses the word Mayday as a distress signal. The word Mayday, spelled M-A-Y-D-A-Y. That means his plane needs help and needs it immediately. Well, sir, and now here's something to think about. Your family car may need help, too, this winter, and you wide-awake co-pilots ought to know all the distress signals. Your family car can't send out an SOS like an airplane, but there are other ways it can tell you it needs help. Just listen to the engine when Dad steps on the starter. If it starts slowly and makes dry, grinding noises, you better tell Dad the motor is trying to send an SOS for help. Tell him you bet what that motor needs is some free-flowing Skelly Tagoline winter motor oil and some Skelly Aromax gasoline. Boy, there's a combination that means quick starts and less wear on your motor on cold mornings. Now take that Skelly Tagoline motor oil. It flows freely at frosty temperatures even when the car has stood out all night. That means easy starting in the morning, less wear on your battery. What's more, it means the oil flows right up into your motor and starts working the minute Dad steps on the starter. Instant lubrication to all parts of your motor. No grinding, dry starts. Yes, sir. With free-flowing Skelly Tagoline lubricating your motor, you don't have to worry about hearing any distress calls from your family car this winter. Drive over to the Skelly Station and get the extra safe protection of fast-flowing winter tagoline. Tell Dad you want to help him keep the family car in tip-top shape so there won't be any need for distress signals. Tell him you're sure he'll be mighty well pleased with Skelly Tagoline winter motor oil. Have him try some at your Skelly service station tonight. And now to Captain Midnight. After escaping from the water chamber, Ivan Shark, accompanied by Fury and Gardo, returned to the flooded dungeon in an attempt to seize the parade of treasure. Shark dived into the water and soon after reappeared with the surprising announcement that the treasure had disappeared. At that moment, voices are heard in the distance, those of Captain Midnight and Chuck Ramsey, followed by some of Senor Parada's men, who are approaching through the upper passageway. Hastily, Ivan Shark and his two companions flee. As Captain Midnight and Chuck come closer, Chuck thinks he sees a figure moving in the gloom of the passageway. Listen as he says excitedly. Look, Captain Midnight, did you see anything? Yes. Come on, Chuck, run for it. There is someone in front of us. Come on. 
was sure I saw something move. Yes. The stairs leading down to the water chamber are just ahead. Come on. Who in the world could it be? I don't know. But whoever it is has disappeared now. Well, here we are. There are the stairs leading down to the water chamber. Oh, gosh, Senor Paredes, men don't know what to make of this. Well, at any rate, they're right behind us. Come on, Chuck, down the stairs. Here, okay, quick. I'm right behind you. Well, there's the water down there. Now, what in the world would anyone be doing down here? Chimney crickets. Look on the steps. Huh? Yes, Chuck. Someone has been here. See that water on the stairs? Someone's been in the water. And whoever it was came up and stood almost where I am. See where the water dripped down from his clothes? Mm-hmm. Why, it formed a regular pool on this step. Yes. Then he went up the stairs. See the little puddles on the steps? Blazing beacons. You suppose... You suppose it was Ivan Shark? I don't see how it could have been, Chuck. Shark certainly hasn't been in that water chamber all these hours. Nothing still be alive. But somebody's been here. That's a cinch. Well, there's no disputing that. Oh, look, Captain Midnight. Look. Where, Chuck? Where? Down in the water. See that door? It's open wider than it was before. Yes, it is, Chuck. It is open wider. Somebody has been down there, has moved that door. Oh, gosh, Captain Midnight. Don't you remember? Senor Parada's treasure. It's down in that room somewhere. You suppose somebody's been in there and taken it? I don't know, Chuck. But we're going to make an investigation right now. And anyway, we've got to find out whether Shark's body is in there. That's right. That's one thing we've got to be positive about. Come on, Chuck. We're going to dive in. We were wet before, so I guess it won't hurt us to get wet again. Oh, I'll take off my shirt so I'll have something dry to put on when I come out. I say, that's a good idea. I'll do the same thing. Well, I'm all ready. Yeah, so am I. All right, come on. Let's go. I'm sure glad to be out of there. Did you find anything? No, <coughs> not a thing, Chuck. I don't believe there's a body in there. Oh, gee. I guess Ivan Shark must have escaped. No, not necessarily, Chuck. His body might be out in the river somewhere. Maybe he got out of the hole through the wall, but couldn't get the rest of the way. Yeah, but trouble is, we'll never be sure. If Ivan Shark's alive, he'll turn up again. He won't drop the fight. Captain Midnight, huh? there's something I'm worried about. We know now that Fury Shark and Garda were over here. Well, maybe something's happened to Ma and Patsy and the others. Yes. Come on. We'll find out about that. Well, look up ahead, Captain Midnight. There's somebody there. What? Why, it's Pebbles and Patsy. Yeah, so it is, Chuck. Well, that's a relief. Everybody must be all right. Hey, Patsy. Pebbles. Chuck. Captain Midnight. How are you, Patsy? Is everything all right? Gosh, we're glad to see you, too. What's happened? Oh, me amigos. It is plenty okay to see you again. Yes, uh, quick, Patsy, tell us. Is everybody all right? I'll say everybody is. <laughs> Just as snug as a bug in a rug. Oh. Ma and Dolores are asleep by the fire, and Pinky and Slim are on guard. How about the prisoners, Lutro and Von Griff? They're just where they were when you left. I don't think they moved an eyelash. <laughs> See, they do not dare to make the move because these Pinky and Slim, they say they press the trigger if they see the move. Oh, that's fine. That's certainly a load off our minds. But now tell me, have you seen anyone around here? Gosh, we haven't seen a soul. Oh, no, me, Capitan. We do not see anything. But when the day breaks, we think we go out and give the place the once over. Well, we saw someone in the passageway near the water chamber, but we couldn't catch anybody. For goodness sakes, tell us what's happened. Did you go to the hacienda? Yes, Patsy. We've been there and returned. We have good news for you. Oh, my uncle, Senor Pereira. He does not return, but I see some of his men may have come with you. Yeah, Pebbles. We left your uncle at the hacienda, and the rest of his men are with him. You left Senor Pereira at the hacienda? Yes, Patsy. Everything's all right. Senor Pereira is guarding the hacienda, and we're going to send you and my Donovan there right away. Loop and loops. That's the best news I've heard since we came down to Mexico. Just think of it. Senor Pereira and Dolores will have their home back again. Oh, see, I thank the kind Dios who has helped the brave Capitan Midnight. But what about Ivan Shark? What's happened to him? Well, that's the only bad news, Patsy. We haven't found a trace of him. 
We don't know whether he's alive or dead. We dived down into the water chamber, but we couldn't find his body. Now, here's what you do, Patsy. Go into the room and rouse your mother and send you to Dolores. Get them ready for the trip to the Hacienda. I'll go tell Pinky and Slim. No, Chuck, no, wait. Uh, let Pebbles do that. I want to talk to you for a second. Oh, sure, of course. I'll go tell Ma and Dolores. And I will give the good news to Senor's Pinky and Slim. Some things have been racing through my mind, Chuck. I don't think we ought to return to the Hacienda. Hmm, but where would we go? I'll send the others to the Hacienda. Senor Paredes' men on the way, Pinky and Slim and Pebbles along. There'll be plenty of guards. Gosh, where will we go? Now listen, you remember what Zollinger said about Shark's secret landing for you? You bet I do. But do you think we can get there from here? Yes, Chuck, I do. We'll have to go up the mountain trail next to the waterfall, then over the underground river and back into the circular valley. From there, we go down through the barranca, the outlet, which leads into the valley where Shark's secret field is. Oh, Jiminy Cricket, you're right. And we can make it in a couple of hours. Not finding Shark's body has made it necessary for us to take every precaution to see that he doesn't get away. Now, if Solinger's information is correct, his only means of escape is his plane. Oh, gee, we can't waste any time. He might be on his way there right now. You're right. We'll go into the large room now, and I'll tell Pinky and Slim about our plans. We'll see them on their way, and then we'll start. Okay, let's go. A little over two hours later, we find Captain Midnight and Chuck making their way through a rough canyon leading into the valley where lies Ivan Shark's secret landing field. The two friends are weary and out of breath from their forced march. Listen as Captain Midnight says. You're pretty much all in, aren't you, Chuck? Oh, I am sort of tired. Yeah, but this is no time to stop now. Mm, by rights, we should rest about 15 or 20 minutes, but... Well, I don't like to take the chance. Don't worry about me. I can keep going all right. Well, I don't think we've got very far to go now. I'm sure this canyon leads into the valley. Oh, I'm sure it does, too. But we could get there a lot quicker if it weren't for such tough going. Yes, I know. Oh, wait. Hold it a second, Chuck. It looks as if we're coming to a right-angle turn here. Gee, if we go that much to the left, we'll be going out of our way, won't we? Yes, I'm afraid we will. Let's look the situation over a second. Well, from what we could see farther up the mountains, the valley must be directly in front of us. Tell you what I think we'd better do, Chuck. Let's climb the face of this canyon. It isn't too steep and not too high either. After we get to the top, we'll be able to see which direction we ought to take. Okay, let's go. All right, come on. This reminds me of some of those mountains near Black Gulch. I'll say. This is just as steep as any I've ever tackled. I should say. Oh, wait, there's a ledge right above us there. As soon as we get there, I think we'll be all right. Sure, I see it. A few more feet and we'll be there. Mm-hmm. There, here, give me your hand now. All right, now then, up you come. Gosh. Oh, that's better. Yes. We'll rest for a minute and take our bearings. Oh, boy. You can see a long way from here. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there's the valley right below us. And the open place where the landing field is. Mm-hmm. Chimney crickets. What is it, Chuck? What do you see? Look down below us, between the trees. What? Do you see anything? Now, wait a second, Chuck. Yes, Chuck. Yes, there is something there. Something white. It's not white. It's silver. We're looking at the wings of Ivan Shark's plane. We're in time, Chuck. Come on, come on. Now, all we've got to do is go straight down this hill and we'll come out on the edge of the field. Mm-hmm. It can't be more than a quarter of a mile away. No, no, it isn't. We can't make very good time through these trees and over these rocks. Oh, listen. What was that? That sounded like a shot, Chuck. What the dickens is going on down there? Oh, listen to that. Two more shots. Come on, we've got to hurry. Run for it, Chuck. Run. But watch your step now. Oh, gosh. Someone has started the engine. What? Yes, you're right, Chuck. Blaze and beacons, Captain Midnight. Somebody's getting ready to take off. Hurry, Chuck, hurry. No, I'm coming as fast as I can, but these branches keep hitting me in the face. Now, listen to that. There's a regular battle going on down there. I can see out in the field. There are a bunch of men near the plane. Yes, I see them. 
Yeah, whoever's in that plane is testing out the engine. He's getting ready to take off. And those men on the ground are trying to stop him. I just saw someone shoot from the cockpit. Gosh, what in the world can we do? We've got to stop that ship from taking off. If I can get there in time, I'll do it. Off. Yes, I can see the plane moving. Hurry, Chuck, hurry. I can see the nose of the plane. Shall I shoot? No, Chuck, no, no. You couldn't do any good. We're too late. Oh, gosh. What wait a minute, we... wait a minute. Duck down, Chuck. Someone's coming this way. Okay, I see him. A big, heavy, dark-faced man. Yes, quiet, Chuck, quiet. He's coming directly toward us. I've got him covered now. In just a moment, we'll capture him. Well, disappointment has again come to Captain Midnight and Chuck Ramsey. Who was at the controls of the silver-winged plane? Was it actually Ivan Shark? And who are these men on the ground who tried to prevent the plane from taking off? Tomorrow's adventure will bring you the answer. Don't miss it. Tune in to Captain Midnight. Now remember those two pilots' distress signals we learned about tonight. SOS for sending by code, and the word Mayday for use when a pilot is talking over his radio telephone. And remember, too, that you can avoid the need for distress signals from your family car by using Skelly Tagoline motor oil. Because Skelly Tagoline protects your motor at all extremes of temperature, hot or cold. But say, how would you like to meet a famous airplane pilot in person? The director of one of America's greatest flying schools. Well... Tune in our next Captain Midnight program and hear an interview with Captain M.W. Balfour of the Spartan School of Aeronautics in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Don't miss it. So don't forget to tune in again tomorrow, same time, same station, for further transcribed adventures of Captain Midnight, brought to you by the Skelly Oil Company, Skelly Jobbers and Dealers. Until tomorrow, this is Don Gordon, your Skelly Man, saying goodbye and happy landing! Ajax makes even the dirtiest pan shine like new in a jiffy. Midnight, brought to you three times each week by the Skelly Oil Company, Skelly Jobbers and Dealers. But first, we have a distinguished guest in the studio tonight, someone we're especially happy and proud to present to all the air-minded young fellows and girls who follow the adventures of Captain Midnight. 
For our guest this evening is himself, a well-known aviator and flying instructor, Captain Maxwell W. Balfour, director of the Spartan School of Aeronautics in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Captain Balfour, I'm sure there are thousands of our young flight patrol members listening in tonight who'd like to know more about what goes on inside a famous aeronautical school like the Spartan School there in Tulsa. And I wonder if you wouldn't tell us something about it. Why, of course, Don Gordon. It's a privilege to talk to the members of Captain Midnight's famous flight patrol. I think the interest these young people are taking in aviation is a wonderful thing for the future of the industry. But about life in a flying school. Well, I might start by telling you what we teach down there. A student can study almost any phase of aviation in which he is most interested at the Spartan School. We have short flying courses for those who simply want to learn to fly as a sport... We have longer courses to turn out qualified commercial pilots. We teach meteorology, radio work, motor mechanics, and airplane construction. We even have our own factory where we manufacture the well-known Spartan monoplanes. Then, of course, we have our special course for government students. You mean uh, Uncle Sam sends students to the Spartan school? Oh, yes. We've been a government-approved school for some time. Right now, we're training about 160 flying cadets for the U.S. Army Air Corps every term. We have over 50 planes there for use as training ships. But tell us, Captain Balfour, doesn't the famous uh, Dawn Patrol have something to do with your school there? Yes, Don. The Dawn Patrol is an organization of flying students at the Spartan School of Aeronautics. You probably have seen them on some of their big cross-country flights. Boy, I certainly have, and it was a thrilling sight, too. You certainly must teach them to fly from the ground up there at Spartan. Well, we try to, Don. I might return your compliment by telling you that we certainly like your Skelly tailor-made gasoline and other Skelly products. We use them exclusively at the Spartan School. Well, sir, that is a compliment, and thank you. And I want to thank you for all the members of Captain Midnight's 1940 Flight Patrol, too. We certainly enjoyed having you with us on our program tonight, and we hope you'll come again sometime. And now to Captain Midnight. Suspecting that Ivan Shark escaped death in the underground water chamber of the Aztec Temple, Captain Midnight and Chuck hastened to the secret landing field where Ivan Shark's bimotored plane had been hidden. They arrived just in time to see a strange battle on the field, and then the silver-winged ship took off. While the two friends are still hiding in a clump of trees near the edge of the field, a heavy, dark-faced man suddenly makes his way toward them. As he comes within a few steps, Captain Midnight steps forward and commands... All right, all right. Get those hands up and get them up quick. Look out. None of that, none of that now. Get those hands up or I'll shoot. Hey, what is this? What do you mean by pulling a gun on me? Stretch those hands a little higher. He's got a gun in his holster. Shall I get it? Yes, Chuck, go ahead. I don't know what your game is, but you ain't going to get away with it. My men will be looking for me in a minute, and then it'll be too bad Have you got his gun, Chuck? Yeah, I got both of them. He had two. Good work. All right, now then, whoever you are, come on, start marching. Where to? And if you think you're going to get away with it... If your men are coming up this way, you'll show up missing. We'd better get going. I see some men out in the field now. All right, start moving quick. And no funny business. What's your game? I ain't got any dough. That's what you're looking for? I'm not looking for money. If I were, I'd work for it, so, not steal it. So, you're one of them kind of guys, huh? Too good for my kind, eh? That's right. Now, you answer a few questions. What's your name? What are you doing here? The answer to both of them is the same. None of your business. He's probably one of Shark's men. Don't you think so, Captain? Captain? Not Captain Midnight. Yeah. You must be Captain Midnight. Well, maybe you're right, and maybe you're oh, not. Oh, if I'd have known how things was going to turn out, I'd have been around to see you. 
What do you mean by that? That dirty double-crossing Ivan Shark. That's what I mean. Oh, I begin to see the whole thing now. Ivan Shark took off and left this fella behind. You're a bright young kid. I heard that guy Gardo talking about you. You must be Chuck Ramsey. Yeah, right the first time. So you're the kid that landed that plane in front of the Aztec temple, huh? I heard Gardo say he didn't know how you didn't know how you got away with it. I was awfully lucky. Hold it a minute, Chuck. I think we're safe enough here. All right, now you. What's your name? My name's Rossman. Rossman, huh? Yeah. What was the fight about on the field a few minutes ago? Some of us guys didn't like the idea of Shark leaving without us. When did Shark get over here? Just a little while ago, just before you two got here, I guess. Uh, isn't that our luck, Captain Midnight? Just a little bit too late. Uh, it's too late to worry about that now, Chuck. Tell me, Rossman, who went with Ivan Shark in that plane? Yeah, there was three of them. That daughter of his named Fury, that servant called Fang, and his chief pilot, the guy named Gardo. Uh, the most important ones. And we had Fang in our hands, too. I'm the guy that's to blame for that. We raided the parade place last night and sprung some of the guys you captured. Oh, so you were the one who was responsible for that, huh? Yeah, but I sure wouldn't have done it if I knew how things was going to turn out. If you could read the future, you probably never would have worked for Ivan Shark. Well, Chuck, there's no use staying here. Come on, get going, Rossman. We're taking you back to the Hacienda. And don't try to make any false moves. Now, march. Well, here we are. <laughs> Look at Senor Prater's men, Captain Midnight. They got a grin on their faces a mile long. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do with me, Captain Midnight? I told you the hall works. How about giving me a break? I'll talk that over with Senor Pareto. We'll see if he knows anything about you. Well, look. Here he comes now. Yes. Ah, me amigos. You come back to us safely. We have the great worry about you. Yes, we're all right, Senor Pareto. But we have bad news for you. Ivan Shark is not dead. He has escaped. And with him, his daughter Fury, and the two men, Gardo and Fang. See me, Capitan. That is not the news to us. We see the silver-winged airplane in the sky. And the Senorita Patsy, she says it is the airplane flown by the seven shark. We got to the field just a little bit too late, Senor Pareda. It is the great disappointment, I know, me amigos. But do not forget, we have the many things for which we should thank the merciful Dios. But tell me, who is this man you have with you? We captured him at Shark's secret field. He was boiling because Shark had left him there. Yeah, this Ivan Shark gave me a good double-crossing. Ah, the servant shark, he does not play the square game with you. Is that not it? Yeah. You got the whole thing in a nutshell. Have you ever seen this man before, Senor Pareto? Now that I have the good look at him, Capitan, I am sure I have seen him with Ivan Shark. Hmm. What do you want done with him? That is for you to decide me, Capitan. Well, we'll turn him over to the authorities with the other prisoners. If he has no police record, he'll be freed. They ain't got nothing on me, Captain Midnight. I'm telling you the truth. I served this stretch, but it wasn't in Mexico. I was going straight until this Ivan Shark talked me into working for him. Uh, but this business has taught me a lesson. I'm going straight from now on. I hope you're telling the truth, Rossman. It'll pay out. I can promise you that. All right, Chuck, march him away. Place him with the other prisoners. Right, Chuck, Captain. And after I put him in the guardhouse, I'll go see how Patsy and the others are getting along. Right. You will find them very, very happy, mi amigo. They rejoice with my people. And I'll bet they're happy, Senor Pareto. I'll see you after a while, Captain Midnight. Okay. All right, Rossman. Come along this way. Ah, mi capitan. I am the happiest man in the world. I'm very glad, senor, to help bring about this happy conclusion. Of course, it's a disappointment not to capture Ivan Shark, but I'm thankful things have turned out as well as they have. Ah, mi capitan, you say the very true words. We have so much to be thankful for. And I, senor, I can never repay you for what you have done. Is there not something, mi capitan, which I can do for you? I was merely doing my duty in trying to capture Ivan Shark, senor. You do not need to feel obligated. But there is the one thing on which I must insist. You and your amigos must stay with me at my hacienda for the long visit. I wish we could, Senor Pareto, but I'm afraid it would be impossible. But, mi capitan, this Chuck Ramsey and the Senorita and the Senora Donovan, they like it here. And they like me, Dolores, me Pablo. 
You must make the visit, me Capitan, for the year at least. What, what Senor Ferreira? Stay here for a year's visit? If it were not for you, Senor, I would not have the Hacienda at all. What I should like to do is to give you part of the lands. Then you shall build the Hacienda of your own, and you shall stay here for always. <laughs> well, much as I'd like to stay here a little while, it, it's quite impossible. But we might come down sometime in the future and visit you. See me, Capitan. You must make me the visit. At least before you go, you will stay for the big fiesta. Uh, we shouldn't wait at all, Senor Pareto, but... Well, we do need the rest. We'll stay if you have the fiesta right away. See me, Capitan. We will have the fiesta tomorrow. All my people are so happy. We will have the music and the dancing in the great courtyard under the stars. And there will be the many good things to eat. <laughs> Very well, Senor. We'll stay for the fiesta. Then we must leave. See me, Capitan. You will be glad you stayed for the fiesta. And on the other side of the hacienda, in the sun-flooded garden, two boys and a girl are chatting happily together. Chuck Ramsey, Patsy Donovan, and Senor Pareda's nephew, Pablo. Listen as Patsy exclaims, Gee, Chuck, that reminds me. There's one thing I've been wanting to ask you. Sure, Patsy, what is it? I managed to find out a little bit. Enough to know that you and Captain Midnight and Ivan Shark were all together down in that water chamber below the Aztec Temple. How in the world did you ever get out? Well, see me, amigo, how did you do it? Senor Pareda says it's the most marvelous thing in the world. Gosh, if it hadn't been for Captain Midnight, I never would have gotten out. Well, here's the way it happened. Begin at the beginning. How did you get in there? You remember we heard some shots and shouting which seemed to come from the lower part of the temple? Well, Captain Midnight and I ran down the passageway and finally ended up in the water chamber. Only at that time, there wasn't any water in it. In fact, we didn't know it could be flooded at all. Well, what did you find down there? When we got inside, we found Ivan Shark. Jiminy Cricket. Loop and loops. What happened then? Well, Captain Midnight covered Shark. And while he did that, the stone door closed behind us. And then the water started coming in. Can you tie that? At first, we thought that Ivan Shark was caught in there with us. But we didn't know that Fury Shark was outside and was going to let him out at 12 o'clock. Only she was stopped from doing it by Von Griff and Lutro. Gosh, I see the whole thing. Well, pretty soon, the water was almost up to the ceiling. And we were swimming. But by that time, Captain Midnight had done some investigating at the other end of the chamber. You mean underneath the water? Yeah, and he'd discovered that the storm had weakened the rock wall around the valve which was letting the water in. Some of the rocks had broken out, and finally when the water was almost up to the ceiling, Captain Midnight told me to take a big breath and dive down and follow him. And you mean you got out of that hole? Mm, we sure did. It was a tight squeeze, but we made it. I thought my lungs were going to burst before I came to the surface in the river outside. Oh, Jiminy Cricket. I don't know how you did it. But gosh, I guess Ivan Shark must have got out the same way. Well, that's what Captain Midnight thinks. In fact, it was the only way he could have gotten out. Oh, oh, look, me amigos. You see, out through the garden gate, there are the airplanes which belong to this Ivan Shark. But he has vamos now. And Senor Pareda says you are to stay with us for the long time. Well, we will have the flying school, and I will learn to fly. Come on, Chuck, you will give me the first lesson now. I don't know if we'll be able to stay that long. But come on, we'll do what we can before we start on the trail of Ivan Shark once more. Say what a happy group of people are gathered together at Senor Pareda's hacienda. But in all this joy, there are a few dark clouds on the horizon. Ivan Shark has escaped. And also, what has happened to Major Barry Steele and Bud Conley, who flew away in Captain Midnight's Spartan cabin plane, and from whom nothing has been heard. More thrilling adventures are ahead. Don't miss the next one. But say... Wasn't that a thrill to hear from Captain Balfour, director of the Spartan School of Aeronautics? And you know what? He said maybe next week one of his young student pilots there at the school could appear on this program. Boy, wouldn't that be swell? But meantime, remember to tell Dad what you heard tonight. Especially about how they use nothing but Skelly tailor-made gasoline and oil at the Spartan School of Aeronautics. And see, here's something else to tell Dad. 
Our next program is going to be a special Dad's Night program. We want all the dads to be listening in if they possibly can. You all like to do things with Dad, I know. Well, here's your chance to enjoy your favorite radio program with Dad. Tell him to listen in with you to Captain Midnight's next adventure. So don't forget to tune in again Wednesday, same time, same station, for further transcribed adventures of Captain Midnight. Brought to you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday by the Skelly Oil Company, Skelly Joppers and Dealers. Where will Captain Midnight and Chuck go next in their relentless pursuit of the master criminal, Ivan Sharp? What will happen at the fiesta? Be sure to listen Wednesday. Until then, this is Don Gordon, your Skelly Man, saying goodbye and happy.